Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to each of you in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Well, I want to welcome everyone back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Minister Marcus Taylor. And for me, it's a privilege and an honor always to come before God's people sharing the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, it's been a little while. Um, uh, some things have been going on, just been busy um, ministering and trying to get the gospel out. And I uh, haven't really done a podcast in a while, but I wanted to come on tonight and to um, share some things that have been placed on my heart by the Holy Spirit um, concerning the day and time that we're living in. And actually the heart um, of God is being revealed especially as it relates to where we are in the day and time that we're living in now. Um, you must understand that um, it's no longer time to play. And it actually shouldn't have been for the church in general. But because men have um, not taken the things of God seriously, and because of God's grace and his mercy, um, he's allowed some things for a while, but no longer. Um, God is saying, basically, he's tired. Not of us, don't get me wrong, but he is tired of people not taking seriously um, his word. Which is why we are believers anyway, is to obey and to live our lives according to the dictates, the testimonies, the precepts, and the instructions of God's holy and righteous word. But, unfortunately, man has strayed and has gone his own way or tried to and that's because of the fact that uh, we are of a fallen nature we are prone to sin and everyone um, who's on the earth or who has been on the earth has sinned at some time the bible teaches us in, in uh, romans 3 and 23 all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god so none of us are exempt from missing the mark but that doesn't excuse us um, I heard it said many times, you can choose to sin, but you cannot choose the consequence. And unfortunately, there are consequences to, to sin. Now, people who don't know about Jesus and they are coming into a knowledge uh, to a certain degree, God's not going to hold them accountable. But that doesn't give them or anyone else a free pass. Because after you have heard the good, the good news message after you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God then now you are responsible to live your life according to what you have learned and what the Bible teaches um, on tonight um, after just reevaluating and praying and just seeking God on some things I'm learning and seeing a lot um more clear as to what God is actually doing in the land right now. Now, of course, people are going to say and have said non-believers that there is no God and that he's he's not. Maybe he's asleep or uh, it never was one in the first place. And, you know, I've heard all of that stuff. I don't really pay it any attention just because I know that my God is real and that he's alive and that he's in control and he sits on the throne and he is forever going to be the head of my life. And for those who don't know, I can't get upset with them. But what I can do is pray for them and lift them up to God and say, God, please have mercy as you have had mercy on me. 
And that's what we all should do. We should have mercy on those who don't know. Um, the word ignorant um, has been used a lot. But at the same time, that word is not a dirty word. It just means that people just don't know. And that's where the believer comes in. We are responsible to help enlighten people to the truth of what the Bible says. And I feel um, it necessary for me and the call on my life is to try to enlighten, try to edify, build up and encourage, but also to help people get an understanding to the best of the ability that has been placed in me by God to make the scriptures plain, understandable, and most importantly, um, to help people apply the word of God to their lives. Um, people want to say that it's too hard to do all of that and, and, and you can't have any fun and, and it's no way to live. We only have one life to live and, and they want to enjoy it. Well, you can enjoy life with God. God never said that he didn't want his people to be happy and to have fun. See, that's the trick of the enemy. He wants you to believe that being a Christian, being a follower, being a believer in Christ is a tedious, boring, um, hard journey. True to some degree. Now, there are going to be times where you will be tested. And there are going to be times where you are, as the Bible says, you're going to pick up your cross and bear it every day. But that's just a part of it. Jesus did it. Uh, some of his uh, more prominent uh, figures in the Bible have done it. So we are not exempt from suffering. That's a part of it. But it doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to have fun. Doesn't want it. Doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be um, uh, to have peace. The Bible says, you know, God will give us a peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So. We already know that to have peace is in the will of God. To have joy is in the will of God. Laughter does the heart good. And you know that it takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown. And also, let me just tell you this, that when you're joyful or you're um, of a lighter spirit, I'll just say happy, it does your body physically good. Um, those who are, and this has been scientifically proven, those who are, I won't say angry, but always in a stern or a mindset of um, being super serious all the time. Um, you can tell the difference between somebody who's always happy and someone who looks miserable. Uh, as, as I've heard, um, people say like you've been sucking on lemons all day long okay for many reasons that's just not what a believer should um, be engaging in and look at it from the standpoint of evangelism if you are a believer in Christ and you want people to come to the knowledge of what you're trying to explain to them concerning Jesus Christ do you think that a person is going to be more prone to come to you while you're frowning or will they be more acceptable to you if you're smiling and that's an easy question easy answer and the answer is if you smile um, people are drawn to a smile as opposed to someone frowning and looking like they want to do them bodily harm but i digress and uh 
on tonight again i wanted to talk a little bit about i won't say in times but as as it relates to where we are right now because i do believe that this is a time that um the church the people of god not talking about a building we're talking about the believer has to stand up and be accounted accountable for his or her life as it relates to what you're doing um, how you're living and actually if you're actually help trying to help people understand that they need salvation so um, if you have your bibles um, turn with me to the book of jeremiah chapter 9 and i want to look at three main verses tonight jeremiah 9 and 23 and i also want to look at micah chapter 6 and verse 8 and I also want to look at, let's see, 1 Corinthians 1 and 31. They all relate, but I wanted to use um, a few verses of Scripture. Not too many, but just enough to try to get the point home of what we're going to be discussing. And what we are going to be discussing is God's answer for why we're going through what we're going through. God's answer for what we're going through or why we're going through what we're going through. Um, it's been said by many people that the reason why this pandemic is hit is because uh, man made, made this virus up and um, they want to do population control. Uh, they want to control people's minds and, and try to get them to uh, adhere to government policies that they have been trying to put in place for years. There are many theories out there. And uh, I won't say all of that's true, but some of it is true. And you can do your own due diligence and research as to uh, some of the theories going on out there. But what I want you to understand, coming from a biblical perspective, is that this is not the first time that something like this has happened. There have been many um, nationwide, worldwide pandemics in our history. And this is uh, not the first time that this has happened. Uh, some, some people think that it is because they don't know. But those of you who, like me, like to research and to look things up and to find out things... Just go back for yourself and then do some studying and you'll find out that this pandemic is not the first time that something like this has happened. And actually, if you go back and look at some of the other pandemics and viruses that took place, you can see how the people at that time responded, how what they did. And you can see some similarities as to uh, what was done, how it was treated. Um, and I think people would realize that there's nothing, the Bible teaches, there's nothing new under the sun. And if it's nothing new under the sun, and again, this is not the first time that this has happened. But tonight, in our particular text that I have chosen in Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23, and I'll be reading from the King James Version of the Bible, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom I want you to get that neither let the mighty man glory in his might 
let not the rich man glory in his riches. And verse 24 says, but let him that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. All right, now take your Bibles and go with me to the book of Micah. Um, minor prophet 6, and let's take a look at verse 8. Micah 6 and 8. And the Bible says, He has showed the old man what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? But to, to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. All right. So that's the second um, verse that I wanted to give you. Got one more for you. Take your Bibles once again. And let's go look at 1 Corinthians 1 and 31. 1 and 31. And the Bible reads that according as it is written, he that glories, as we just read in Jeremiah 9 and 23, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. All right. So that would be a blessing to the reading, to the hearing, and also to the application of God's most holy and righteous word. Uh, I did my introduction and I didn't, um, didn't pray. So, of course, you know, before we start any in-depth study of the word of God, we must ask um, we invite the Holy Spirit to help us to know what the Bible is teaching. And so right now, what I would like to do is to uh, utter a word of prayer. And I ask that you would join me. All hearts are in. Now, your focus should be on God and not on anything else. Um, if you want to get an understanding of what God's word says, you must. And I say a must because it is a prerequisite. It is vital. It is imperative that you invite the Holy Spirit in your study um, in your reading of the word and for your own knowing of what the word says so having said that heavenly and righteous father Lord we thank you for today thank you for all of the blessings that you have showed us on today first and foremost for life when you woke us up this morning and gave us another chance another opportunity to participate in this particular day. Lord, I ask right now that we, myself, I decrease. And I ask wholeheartedly that the Holy Spirit would increase. And that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, let it be acceptable in your sight. Heavenly Father, I thank and praise you for all the blessings that you have given us. Protection and shelter, food to eat, clothes on our backs, places of employment, Father God. You alone are in control. And Lord, we put our trust in no one but you. Lord, your word tells us that with man, things are impossible. But with you, Father God, all things are possible. And Lord, as, our, as we go through our study on tonight, I pray, Father God, that you will speak. Let it not be my words, but let it be your words that penetrate the hearts and the minds of the people on tonight. And I will give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. These things I pray in the mighty name of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
it is so and amen all right so on tonight again we're looking at jeremiah 9 and verse 23 um, and what this is basically dealing dealing with is the word of the lord god is speaking and i as i look at this particular verse of scripture and the verses prior to it um it's not that much different from where we are as opposed to where jeremiah was at this particular time there are a lot of similarities related to the sins of the people in his time there are a lot of similarities as to the judgments of God at that time in this time. Yes, God does render judgment because he is a righteous and holy judge. Now, for some people who have the mindset of these, these false teachings that God is supposed to be only a God of love, he does love us. Let us not misunderstand that. God does love us unconditionally. Because if you didn't, none of us would be here now. Uh, we, should, we all know what the Bible says, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that um, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but inherit eternal life. So we know that God loves us. But we also realize that people want to say, and I've heard this many times by different preachers and theologians and people who want to argue and to refute the Bible, that how can uh, God be loving and kind but administer judgment because he is God and he is a righteous judge he has that authority to do whatever he decides to do and this is what people don't understand they want to fit God in their own personal little boxes and try to make him adhere to what they want when it should be you don't adhere to what you want because you're not the creator. You didn't create yourself. God created you. So he has that right to do anything in the earth realm, in the spirit realm that he sees fit. So for those who don't understand that principle, just look at it like this. A person that is a, that is the company CEO. And then you have someone that, let's say, that works in that that's employed by that company. Well, an employee can't come to the CEO and tell the CEO how much money he wants to make and say, well, look, I work for you, but this is how I want you to pay me. And this is what I want the company to do from now on. Well, the CEO is going to be looking at that employee like he's crazy. Like, what are you talking about? I run this company. You are employed by me. And what I ask you to do that's what you are supposed to do and if you don't adhere to what i'm asking you to do then you need to find another job well it's the same principle god is not going to fire us so or per se but if you decide that you don't want to obey what god's word is saying and that you want to choose to live your life the way that you want to live it god's not going to stop you it's going to hurt him but he's not going to stop you and why is that? It's because he has instituted something called free will. He didn't want to create robots. And he could have done that, but he didn't. And not saying the mechanical. The premise is the mindset of people would be just okay. We're going we're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And that's all we're going to do. 
We're not going to feel love. We're not going to show mercy. We're not going to have patience. We're not going to have faith. We're not going to do anything but just do a certain number of things in order. In other words, every mind, every thought would be just focusing on a set of rules and a set of instructions. Now, the instruction part is important to us because we do need to know how to navigate through this life. And this is what the Bible is. Um, we have to realize what the word does. It teaches us what to do and what not to do. But unfortunately, what has happened, and uh, it grieves me to, to say this, that the world has decided that it basically doesn't want God. And this is the, one of the main reasons why we're in such a situation that we're in today. Because we have tried to do things aside from God. And God has sat back and has watched and has let people do what they want to do. But now, but now it's time to realize that you can no longer just keep ignoring God. You can't keep ignoring what he is, how gracious he's been, how patient he has been, how loving and kind he has been. People have no idea of the, the depth, the mercy that God has bestowed upon us. It's amazing on how patient God is because we, we have all really possibly have gotten on God's last nerve but because he loves us so much he hasn't given us what we truly deserve but in this ninth chapter of jeremiah the bible says thus says the lord this is the lord speaking let not the wise man glory in his wisdom okay now we know just from that small section of scripture that we're right on the money as it relates to where we are in this day and time men are puffed up and haughty because of their own wisdom and you can see it all around um, if you go on on the internet you see all these advertisements of people saying well you know I wrote this book because I can tell you 10 steps to obtaining wealth well, my point on that is there's nothing wrong with trying to help people achieve certain things but if you're writing a book on wealth and let me just give you an example of this not saying specifically a person but let me just give you an example if a person is telling you that he has 10 steps for you to become a millionaire and they're not a millionaire then why would you listen to that person they haven't achieved it they haven't arrived so what gives them the authority other than they think they're wise in their own intellect to try to tell you something that they haven't even lived themselves. This is some of the things that has happened as it relates to where we are. Now, this Bible and our verse talks about it. it says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. God is telling you, if you're wise, don't think you're more than you are. And it goes on. Neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Okay, someone who might um, twofold here. 
people uh, it could it could mean that you being in a, a position of leadership thinking that because you're in leadership that you have certain privileges or rights that people are supposed to kind to kind of uh, follow you, bow down to you, um, listen to what you're saying. The Bible here clearly says, let not the mighty man glory in his might. Okay, it could be talking specifically to those who, again, you're in a specific position and people have been known to get in positions and to abuse their authority. So this particular verse is saying, let him not glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Now, this is a big one because the wealthy have got it so, how can I say this? They have taken their wealth and have used it to try, and in some cases they are doing it, to exhort an authority that they wouldn't have had access to had they not had the wealth that they have. Um, it's been many controversial theories or speculations that there is a secret organization called uh, the Illuminati that actually run this planet. A uh, group of elite men or women, probably both with great wealth, that are actually behind the scenes making all the decisions. Now, this is a theory. I'm not saying that it's true. Um, but if you go online and put in Illuminati, you're going to get a whole bunch of information. Uh, whether it's true or not, you make your own call. I'm just giving an example. But a person has been wealthy. Look at, not saying all of them, because you have some people who are wealthy who have hearts of gold. I'm not saying that everyone who is wealthy um, thinks in a different frame um, or is hardy or is puffed up, because that's just not true. But you have a lot of them that are and they do think that way because they have achieved wealth they look down on people and um, they use their wealth to um, get what they want they are given special privileges that the average ordinary Joe wouldn't be but the Bible clearly says here let not the rich man glory in his riches verse 24 says but let him that glories glory in this and this is what God is telling them you that are wise you think you know it all you don't you that have their glory in your might your position you can't do that you that are glorying in your wealth listen to this verse 24 but let him that glories glory in this that he understands and knows me that's the only thing that we all should be glorying in the knowledge of God and he's making it clear even those who think they're, they're, they're wise even those who think they are mighty 
even those who think they or who are rich. You can't glory in anything but God. And it says, and that you know me and that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, which he does. And this is a key one here. Judgment. God exercises judgment and righteousness in the earth for in these things I delight, says the Lord. Let me make this plain and clear as my time is coming to a close. God has administered a form of judgment on the world. He hasn't poured out all of his judgment, but he's given a little bit of it. And people are still not paying attention and heeding what he has done or has allowed. He hasn't caused this pandemic, but he has allowed it to take place. Because we know that God's holy and is righteous and he cannot be around any evil. So he has allowed this to happen. The problem is people are still not listening. They're still wanting to do things the way that they want to do them. As stated in back in verse 23, people are still glorying in their wisdom. People are still glorying in their might. People are still glorying in their riches. This is this is the continuation. People are still doing these things. And the sad part about that is you got people dying by the hundreds of thousands and people are still not paying attention to what's going on. The only way that this pandemic is going to leave is by God. There ain't no serum. There ain't no antidote, no vaccine. God is the only vaccine that we as believers need. Because he's the only one that can deliver us from this. And the world needs to wake up and realize that you can try all you want to. To try to impose your philosophy, your particular mindset on how you think the world should be. But at the end of the day, God is the only one who's in control. And he is the one that's going to be the one to shut this down. Now, will people listen? I pray that they do. That's one of my prayers, that people would take heed and listen and pay attention to what God is trying to do in the earth. God's a loving God. He doesn't want to um, administer his judgment, but people have just not paid attention and they have gone contrary to what he has set out in his word and what is right. Look at the civil unrest. The racism. Um, look at the, again, the pestilence of this virus, but also look at um, the hearts of people. People's hearts are failing because they don't know what to do. Um, those of those who don't know Christ, that is. Now, we as believers, we, we're not worried. We're not scared. The Bible has told us clearly that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we're not worried. And the Bible also says, be anxious about nothing, but by everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. And if you do that, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard all of our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we don't have to worry like the world, but the world is in a bad state. They don't know. Um, people are committing suicide every day. And some have done it because they didn't know how to deal with this pandemic. As far as dealing with people and their riches, as I just read in verse 23, 
people who may have lost everything because of this are checking out because they don't know how to deal with life without their riches. Those who have been placed in prominent positions, the mighty. When the pandemic hit, jobs are closing down. That means corporations and companies are closing down. So now you're not in that high position. So now what are you going to do? Those who had been wise in their own way of thinking. Your wisdom cannot save you from this pandemic. Because you don't, you're, you're fighting it. You're fighting an unknown enemy. So again, the only way that we're going to be able to uh, be rescued, so to speak, from this is by God and God alone. And I believe that until the people wake up and realize who really is in control, which is God and always has been, this is going to continue. I was talking to some friends of mine and I let them know, I said, this is going to be the norm for a while. Uh, who knows how long this is going to, this is going to be around. Um, think about where you were last year. It's not going to be like that. It'll never be that way again. Unfortunately, look, school's about to start again. And there is a big issue with children going back to school. When's the last time in your lifetime have you ever heard that kids were not going back to school? They're talk, Some school districts are talking about totally just going virtual. This is something that is uncharted territory for our generation. But like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. Pestilences and viruses and different things of devastation have been around for centuries. But at the same time, we have to be able to navigate through this by the help of the Holy Spirit. So having said that, I pray that you were blessed by this brief um, Bible study on tonight. And I guess if I wanted um, to go a little deeper, I probably could. But I want to go ahead and end it here. But I also want to end it with a prayer because I believe that um, we need to pray more now than we ever have. I'm sure, we should have already been praying, but we really need to seek God's face, seek his throne for where we are in our day and time. So, Father God, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We uh, magnify your holy name. Lord, we're crying out, Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on the people, Lord. Help your church to step out of the four walls and to tell as many people about Christ as possible. But help us who are in the faith to live this life according to your word. Lord, forgive us of our sins, but we've all missed it. Opportunities to share the gospel. Um, opportunities to talk to people about their soul salvation. Father God, forgive us and give us opportunities to do so. Lord, I'm asking healing for those who have been affected by this virus and pandemic. I'm also asking, Lord, that you will um, help the minds of people to cope with loss of job, loss of family. Lord, we know that this is a time of uncertainty, but we put our trust in you because you're the only one, God, that can deliver us in this particular time and season. Lord, we praise you and thank you for everything that you do that you have done we all cry out god have mercy on us and father god lord we love you if no one today so far father god has told you that they love you i emphatically say i love you and i appreciate everything you're doing in not only my life but in the lives of every believer who professes jesus christ as their lord and savior 
These things I ask in Jesus Christ's holy and righteous name. Thank God and amen. Well, I pray that you all have been blessed by our Bible study on tonight. And I would say pray earnestly, continue to seek God. Read your word. Um, like I said, the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. And, well, I'm not saying the Bible said that, but there is nothing new under the sun. And you have to realize that um, where we are right now, many different um, civilizations have done and gone through similar things that we're going through. The question is, where's your faith and who your faith, who is in your faith? In other words, who are you placing your faith in, I should say? Uh, should be in God in this particular time and season. So having said that, I pray that everyone continue to be blessed. Um, continue to protect yourself in this particular time. Um, adhere to all safety measures for you and your family. And I pray that you all have a blessed and safe, safe evening. And this I say, good night. <laughs>